welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Each week, our hosts will be interviewing local, regional, and national business leaders to give you an inside peek into how they lead their business to success in the ever-competitive business climate. Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee Inside the Firm. Today, I have a very special guest, fellow alumni. Heather Bemis is a licensed architect with over 16 years of experience and a master's degree in architecture from North Dakota State University. She leads SWAP integration. Her expertise lies in critical thinking, project management, navigating design phases for efficiency and success as a lead AP BD plus C accreditation accredited professional and NCARB certificate holder, Heather's nationally recognized woman-owned business specializing in created, creating well-coordinated, faster and more pro- efficient project workflows. Her integrated scheduling approach adds significant value to diverse project teams by streamlining processes and optimizing outcomes. Heather, welcome to the show. Thanks, Les. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I have to ask everybody the same, I have to ask everybody this question because it's always a burning, I know you and I, you, you even said, as we were talking before, we went live here wow you and you and al have really uh, embraced the entrepreneurial spirit you obviously have too so like where does that come from is it just a is it always been innate to you or do you feel like hey i had a family member who was an entrepreneur like what drives you in the in for, with the entrepreneurial spirit honestly it scared the crap out of me when i did it so it wasn't something that i was interested in doing or wanted to do um i just felt that there was a need in the industry for what I am currently doing. And so I decided to take a leap of faith and give it a shot. Um, I've always had a really good work ethic and I always log more hours than I should at a firm. And I was like, why don't I do this for myself? Why don't I build something for myself so that I can reap the benefits of it while helping the industry as a whole? So what was the need that you, that you, that you saw? Yeah, so I feel like a lot of, whether whether it's intentional or not, I know it's not, but a lot of teams struggle to hit their deadlines. Um, there's a lot of demands put on architects, and so I look at the opportunity to help find those efficiencies. I was doing this at the firm that I worked for prior to going out on my own, um, so I was scheduling a lot of projects in-house, finding the most efficient flow of work so that when one person completes their work, it allows somebody else to begin theirs, to try to eliminate the rework and the redesign, helping those engineers out. When can they get the architectural drawings so that they can begin their work two to three weeks before the milestone, Um, and helping the architect get those decisions from the owner on time. And so I really looked at that as an opportunity that to expand that into the industry because a lot of times architects go to school to be big designers, right? They don't go to school to be project managers. Uh And I really found a niche in the project management path and I excelled in that mode. And so I wanted to use my skills to help the industry as a whole. And so therefore I launched Swap Integration. Yeah. And I want, so I want you to, if you can unpack, before you unpack that acronym for us, I, if, what you're describing to me, and tell me if I'm off here, but I think some of the listeners, ever I love I love when people like invent their own acronyms for stuff like this, and I, I feel like you did, um, which is which is cool. But the, uh, I know a lot of our listeners have heard of this term before, and how closer to what you're doing is are you close to this term, which is Scrum? I'm sure you've heard this. Like Scrum is an agile project management framework that helps teams structure and manage their work. Um, like, 
Are you, were you essentially doing that? Were you a scrum? scrum. Yeah. Yep. A scrum master, essentially. Yeah. Um, scrum agile, but also pole planning, okay. um, which is what contractors use in the trailer to coordinate their trades to more efficiently through a lean process, deliver their projects faster and more efficiently. So basically what I'm doing is I have evolved it from pole planning or scrum, but for the design phase mm -hmm. of a project. So staying in my lane as an architect, understanding how buildings go together and how drawings go together and how teams mesh together. How can I use my skills that I have learned over the last 16 plus years to make more teams more efficient? And so really thinking about the pole planning process, it's pulling actions forward um, so that you find the last possible moment that they need to be completed. Pole planning is developed through the Lean Construction Institute. What I have coined SWAP as is strategic workflow action planning. So I'm thinking of it as action planning, not pull planning. I, I'm glad you did an acronym because that's a mouthful. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's it's to lay out those tasks as opposed to pull them forward. It's like, what's the realistic path to completing this project and give ourselves a little bit of float for when things slip and then establish a critical path around that. Oh, thank you for using that word. That's what I was going to ask you. Like, it's It sounds like it's a... We're looking for the critical path. Where's the critical yep. path? And pull so I love that you, uh, do you feel like, do you feel like you would not have been able to formulate and focus in the way you are, if not for understanding the construction process and then trying to pull that? It sounds like you sort of, it's like a sounding board. It, it like the architect, you know, when you were working as an architect, you were like understanding how the contractors get to the critical path. And then you're like, oh, maybe we could do that in architecture. Yeah, I was actually introduced to this pull planning process by a structural engineer mm. um, in 2015 on a project I was working on up at CSU. Um, and so I, it was the traditional path of pull planning, but I was like, okay, I get this, but I think this can be better for designers and how designers think and how design teams mesh. Um, but I have my master's of architecture and my minor in construction management, so mm. I've always been passionate about the design process and then how to build it and the most efficient path to completing the build and so yeah looking at gantt charts yeah does not make me have a mind numb like most people do i actually love looking at schedules and so it's taking the nerdy approach from an architect's mind and making it into like a project management assist to help teams as a whole yeah very cool i, I love it so much the cross-pollination um, in that way, and then a structural engineer of all people. So tell what tell us about like what is an ideal project that your services work for the best? Do you think? I, I'm like I can't imagine a single family house, but maybe if it's big enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I would say my services work well for all projects. It's very scalable, okay. but typically the threshold has been ten million dollars or more okay. from a construction budget or from a project budget standpoint. But honestly, I thrive on the complicated projects. So my background is a senior PM. I left the industry doing complex science and tech projects with a lot of detail, a lot of coordination that needs to happen. And so um, I thrive on the complicated, tight schedule, a lot of moving pieces, um, but really it can be a standalone new construction building, a renovation, or 
a P3 complex. It can really be a, a wide variety. Um, What's a P3 complex? Uh, like a complex or a campus of buildings that oh. is a private-public partnership oh, okay. project. So yeah. P3, a lot of players involved, a lot of cooks in the kitchen, so to speak, and having a neutral third party, such as myself, helping to coordinate all of the all of the different players um, that make that project move and having that open communication. So really what I'm trying to do is swap. So we have a planning session and then we do weekly check-ins to manage it. So we don't just create a plan and send you on your way and say, good luck, right. Here, here's your target, go do it. But we manage it weekly for accountability. So we look at the previous week of work to make sure everybody's completing their tasks that we've agreed to during the planning session or the swap meet is what I'm calling it. And then we do a two week look ahead so that we can forecast the work to come so that nobody can say they didn't know. We know what everybody's doing and we can track that through, I also send out a two week look ahead email so everybody has it right in front of them. And so the management piece is, is the critical part to the success of the process. You made a statement earlier uh, in the interview here about architects want to go to be designers, uh, or great designers, something like that. I agree, I agree, I agree. I mean, Alex and I definitely, you know, tried to, that was a, a very integral part of it. But I, how does that, I, like, do you feel like you were the same way? Because you seem so organized. <laughs> like, I love it. You're exuding this <laughs> level and like you're getting delight in the organization, and I just really love that. And I great delight in the organization. Yeah, yeah. So what? So what I'm getting is so like, and I realize we're going a little off tangent, but that's okay. Is so when you were practicing as an architect for those 16 years, is did you feel a little bit um, like a fish out of water? And and is that maybe what kind of drove you to like, I really got to tackle that. Like I'm not satisfied as a professional because I feel that way. I actually felt satisfied as a professional once I got to the project manager yeah. level. Um, I, I really thrive around solving problems. Like I worked really well in renovation projects and how can you make an ADA restroom fit in a triangle of an existing building. And so like I thrived on those types <laughs> of problems, um, but it really was more around how can we do this better? How can we copy details or how can we make a detail that works for multiple situations, multiple buildings, and then revamp it for each design situation. Um, Project Architect was great because it allowed me to hone in on those design skills and making it a reality. But ultimately, I'm not a dreamer designer, yeah. I'm a realist. And so I'm, I'm more about not big picture design, but what is feasible, what is structurally possible, what, how can we deliver this in a timely manner on budget? And so I leaned more towards the reality side of it than the big dreamer side of it. And so I was never going to be a big picture thinker. I was always in the details and then I was in the, how can we make this better? Yeah, yeah. Uh... I, you don't have to name your competitor, but if you want to, you could. So I'm, I'm, the question is, like, how are you different than them? You know, what are you? What have you done? There's got to be. I'll name one, which there maybe they might be a sponsor on the show next year. But it sounds like somewhat you're somewhat like Monograph, uh, where Monograph is doing 
they're, they're much more integrated, right? They're trying to integrate invoicing, the whole thing. Like they're trying to give you an all-in-one package, and I know you're not either, but there's portions of their package where, with project management, that's just one of, I'm sure, many. But like, what separates you from the crowd? Because that's probably one of the biggest, that's, everybody is an, who is an entrepreneur is like, I'm trying to separate myself from the crowd. So Monograph is a software technology that's trying to be an all-in-one package. What I'm, who I am and what I do is a, I'm in, I'm providing consulting services to help people find the most efficient path to completing their drawings. So I'm a project manager assist. It's me, only me and just me doing this service. And honestly, from what I do, I don't see that I have a competitor. Oh. I don't think that there's anyone else out there doing what I'm doing. But when we get into the platform or the software, yeah. I think it will provide a different lens into project management. I'm not trying to be an all-in-one stop shop. I'm, I'm focused on what I'm doing as far as the scheduling process and keeping teams organized in the management of it from the way I look at it and from the way pull planning generally works and then therefore action planning. Um, but I don't see necessarily that I have a competitor right now. I love, the, I love that so much. I love that so much. Yeah, you, you exploit that then. I mean, you're obviously going to, yeah. So then I guess it leads me to the software question. So tell us what's on the horizon. Because I'm sure besides your wonderful consulting, like I'm sure you're at least using some kind of software to then generate I don't know if it's an Excel spreadsheet or what. Like, where are you at now with how you perform your services for folks? Yeah. And then where do you, like, I'm sure that's maybe what's driving the need to get to a platform. So when I was working in the industry, um, doing this for the firm that I was working for, I mean, we were doing it live, and then I put it into an Excel spreadsheet mm -hmm. to manage it, right? And then when I decided to go out on my own, because I was looking for a software that could do it for me, and I never found anything that I thought fit the bill. So just a quick recap, it's you wanted to go out on your own to provide the service, and you're like, ah, I need a piece of software. I was looking for a software in the industry, yeah. couldn't find it when I decided to go out on my own to provide the service because I saw the need in the industry. I'm like, well, I might as well just provide a software at the same time yeah. because if I couldn't find it, other people are probably struggling to find something that works as well. And so I was using Excel, like paper to Excel. And then when I, during COVID, when we had to go virtual, I transitioned that to a Bluebeam large grid that you would do a large, like a, a whiteboard or a grid or a print off to move stickies around for a traditional planning session, I switched that up to a virtual platform. And so I created an enormous, excessively large blue beam PDF, like 100, 200 by 200 essentially inches, and had everybody have their own lane. Stay in your lane, put your own stickies up, but it was a text box and that's how we managed it. And then I continued to revise that and revamp it when I went out on my own. And I was like, I'm just gonna make a really awesome PDF, manage these in Bluebeam Studio sessions, and go from there, because everybody has Bluebeam, right? Well, not everybody has Bluebeam, I have learned. And so- I was just gonna say, I don't know, <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like it was a rhetorical question, but no, they don't. <laughs> not everybody has Bluebeam, I have learned. And it's, it's, a, it's becoming a subscription, annual subscription-based platform, just to manage drawings, which is great. But, so I've been using 
Bluebeam PDF until I'd say it was August of this year that my software was ready to be um, available for beta. And so I'm currently using my new platform in a beta test environment while its features are still being added and we're still working through bugs um, to continue to manage my projects, but in a more efficient way. So this platform that I've been working on with my team, 2-Bit Solutions, has been doing the development for me. Um, it is a cloud-based platform that essentially takes that Bluebeam PDF into a virtual platform that is interactive and um, it's somewhat automated. It's easy to navigate. It's very user-friendly, but everybody has their own lane. You can schedule meetings in the platform. You can filter, move things around, um, view it differently, and it sends out automated two-week look-ahead emails to the team. Um, there's a lot of awesome features that are currently in development right now. And the goal is to launch it for public subscription at AIA National in cool. Washington, D.C. in June. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, we'll be ready to go then. Very exciting. This is this is cool. I love how uh, you're taking a preemptive strike about, you know, marketing and getting getting the word out there. So, which as I have three questions I wrote down here because you're just making my brain go off. Um, <laughs> tell, tell us about – so, you were surprised to know that um, – not everybody has Bluebeam. What is there any other like surprises you learned of after working with architects where you're like, wow, I didn't, I assume this and I, you know, my, I'll give you one, just one layup here. It's like, I, uh, I guess I hadn't even really thought about it until I was laid off and then started my own business. But I was like, I, I just didn't even think about it. And I didn't think like at all about architects and their relationship to business and entrepreneurship. Then after, Going through that whole process, it was like, oh, most people don't care about, most architects do not give a shit about business at all. And uh, that's a big problem. Is there, so any surprises that you found? I mean, when I was doing project management at a tr traditional firm, I was kind of noticing this, which is why I am where I am. But it continues on that a lot of architects who are project managers don't seem to care about the schedule and about the deadlines. Did, did that blow your mind to the point? You know what I mean? It seems like a very fundamental thing that we should all care about. Yeah, budget and schedule are really, really important things. But it, it continues to boggle my mind more or less because that's the basic role of a project manager yeah. is to make sure you're on schedule and on budget. But a lot of times that's kind of overlooked for the big picture design and I need more time to design. I need more time for this, but then you're losing track of the budget, whether internal, like whether it's your internal revenue or you're losing sight of staying within the owner's budget while the, the schedule kind of goes out the door too. And so that was one thing that continues to boggle my mind. But the other thing is, is that a lot of teams say they do what I do say they keep track of those action items or tasks to create an efficient flow of work, but then it's not managed. And so that's kind of something that continues to evolve itself. But I keep hearing from people, oh, we do that. We pull plan. We do this internally. But it's like, do you do it how I do it? Because I think I can make you better. Because by managing it, by, by providing insight of my 
16 plus years of experience in the yep. field focused on this and to your point using my detail-oriented organization skills I can make you better yeah I believe it uh, how did you get your first clients so <laughs> I guess I can say this now because I am out on my own but yeah. I was moonlighting it for a couple of years first to see if it was gonna take off and so I actually was approached by one of my college classmates um, Rodney Bischoff with EAPC. Yep. Um, Rodney's kind of like my brother and we grew up through studio and beyond together. When I would go back, because I'm on the advisory board for NDSU, Architecture and Landscape and now Interiors and Art. Yep, they um, integrated, yep. <clears throat> yeah, they integrated. And so I'm on the, the board, the advisory board for that. And so I would go back to Fargo twice a year for these meetings and I would always meet up with Rodney. And I would share the excitement with him about what I was evolving since my initial whole plan experience in 2015 and what I had made it into for my previous employer. Mm -hmm. And he was like, that, that sounds incredible. Can you help us with that? Cool. And so he asked if I could be hired on through my previous employer to help them. And I was like, why would I do that? How about I just Cut the create an out. LLC and do it myself? Yeah. And so, um, that is, kind of where it started. And so first project happened, went really well, very successful. Um, another project came. And so I was like, you guys are bringing me on again. That's a repeat client. That's awesome. All while I'm still working full time. And then another college classmate of mine reached out because I had posted something on social media uh -huh. about what I was doing. And so she was interested and she's a principal at a firm out in California. Yeah. And so another project came because they were like, we want to give it a shot. We want to see how this goes. And so I had two clients and I went back for Rodney's wedding in 21. I think it was 21, September of 21. And I was talking to his boss, Alan Dostert, um, about it. And I was like, so what have you thought, Alan? What have you thought about my services as a whole? Do you think it has legs? Like, do you think this is something I could do on my own? And I was kind of questioning him about it. And he was like, more than, more than. Yeah, I think you, I think you provide more value than you charge money. And so he's like, I think you should give it a shot, Heather. And so that was kind of the final push that awesome. I needed. And I was like, here we go. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the here we go then. So uh, specifically the software part of it. So did you, when, when you decided here we go, were you of the mindset, I do need a platform at some point or, or did that come later after then the here we go? Like, in the, in the evaluation of do I go out on my own or do I stay where I'm at, I was like, maybe I don't need a platform because maybe somebody else will develop something that I can then use and run with. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, but why should I let somebody else create what I want yeah. it to be? Especially with this opportunity and void you found. Yes. Yeah. And so my, my first day out on my own was February 1st, 2022. And probably February 3rd. 2022, I was already talking to developers, software developers about, can you build this? How did you find, how did you find them? Tell us about the whole, that whole process. Yeah, it was because, because this is random. Yeah. Because I guarantee there's people listening on this show who are, have an app idea or a platform idea. I'm one of them. And, and so we're always curious, like we're not to have software developers and it seems yeah. so daunting, but like that's. That's what a really good entrepreneur does is they go, I'm, I have a good idea. My, like I'm as an entrepreneur, I have ideas, I have capital, I have 
the time. I don't have the skill. No problem. <laughs> Find somebody who has the skill. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so small world, you know, North Dakota connections, right? So I was at the swimming pool in our neighborhood and another girl from North Dakota came up to me because I had NDSU Tumblr with me at the pool. And so we started talking and I was like, oh, what do you do? And she's an app developer, um, but she works for a large company. And then when I, so this was in the summer. And when I was ready to move forward with looking for developers, yep. I reached out to her and I was like, hey, Jamie, do you know anybody could you do this? Do you know anybody who could help me with this? And sure enough, one of her really good friends is a software developer, started up his own small business with his partner and also lived in our neighborhood. And so I met with Joshua and Ryan, their partners um, with 2-Bit Solutions and I pitched my idea. And they had had a few other, they have a few other clients, multiple now, they've been in business for a while. But I was like, is this something you could do? And they said, Absolutely. Like this would be really exciting. This is like a new technology that I don't know that other that is already out. There. Yeah. Yeah. And so we continue to evolve. It has evolved a lot from my first my initial can you make this to where it is today, which they have brought me a lot of really great ideas. Nice. They brought a product manager in who's essentially a project manager, but for software. And so I've been working very closely with their product manager. Um, to evolve it, work through designs, talk about functionality, how many clicks to do this. And so it's like been an, a whole new world that I've jumped into. But yeah, I, I met them by way of mouth, like by word of mouth, by way of connections in our neighborhood. So um, Joshua is in my development in Westminster and Ryan is in Brooklyn, New York, and the product manager is in Canada. And so we just work it all virtually mm -hmm. and work through it. And so, yeah, it's, it's been a journey, but it's been fun. So on that journey, then what's, what's the over under, where are you at with, Hey, I'm, I'm Heather. I'm bringing, I'm literally still going out there and using my traditional methods. Let's call them traditional because mm -hmm. we haven't established. Bluebeam. Yep. Yeah. That, that we haven't, we haven't got to the platform yet. This, the fees that you're generating from that, the gross income versus what it's taking to build the platform. Is it, are you, is it, I mean, you're still in the startup phase. People are in startup till for about seven years. That's the way it works. Like what's the ratio of, are you in the red or in the black? Like how does this work for people without, you don't say numbers. I'm just yeah. curious. No. Um, so I'm a big Dave Ramsey fan. Yep. Um, and I don't want to have any debt. And so the way that we've been building up this, platform is I've been doing what I can cash flow. And so okay. we've been cash flowing the platform. We started in May of 22 and we're going to launch it in June of 24. So two, two full years of development. My goodness. And so um, there's, if I would have taken out loans, we could have gotten to launch faster. Right. But that's not what I wanted. I wanted to make sure I could cash flow it and that we were developing it at a pace that swap was growing so that it has, it has evolved so much that if we would have developed it fast from my initial ideas, it would be nowhere near as awesome as it is going to be. It seems like it was nice, just like organically tying into the whole yeah. process. Exactly. And it's like as Swap has evolved and grown, so has the platform. Mm -hmm. And I think based on the experience that I have had over the last almost two years of entrepreneurship and consulting services, the platform will be better for it. And so we just managed how many development hours I could afford 
and what features could be implemented based on the number of development hours. And the developers have been so awesome and we wanna make this functional for you so that you can use it. So we've worked really closely with designing it and what is developmentally feasible to fit into these number of hours so that when we launch it, you can it can be beneficial to you. Yeah. And so I am I have my pro several of my projects in the platform now. I don't even have any active in Bluebeam anymore. They're all in the platform. Um, just the interaction is different based on the project. How many people want to log in and get into a new beta of a project, or if they just rely on me to distribute that information. Um, so yeah, does that answer your question? Yeah, hundred percent. Yes, you are such a great guest. Uh, so what do you, I've got three questions left here. First one is, what do you hope happens then after a full launch at the AIA convention? Like what's your dream vision for this? Um, Overwhelmed, do we have to hire 50 people? Scale too fast? <laughs> I'm a little worried that that could happen and I think my development team is equally worried that that could happen yeah. because this, this is a very exciting platform though there are other, I guess when you talk about competitors for platforms like Monday.com. I was going to say. Jira, Smartsheet. But it's not curtailed things. to designers, and that's that's no. the big difference yes. here. Yeah. It is It is specifically developed for the design industry. Yeah. And I've actually shown this to some contractors who think that they might want to transition to this when it comes out in the field instead of stickies on a whiteboard, uh, <laughs> which would be <laughs> crazy we, awesome. Uh, yeah, we use a spreadsheet. And so like, okay. you know, you will want this. I am, I am hearing you. Yeah. <laughs> like I literally just had my construction form and I'm like, and all we're doing is what you, what you said. I, I can't remember what you said exactly, but it was something like, we're just pushing it forward mm -hmm. or pulling it forward. That's all we're doing is just copying and pasting the cells. Like we'll put together our Gantt chart. You've seen them a million mm -hmm. times. I know you like looking at them. <laughs> and then we're just copying the highlighted cells about where we're at. We're like, yep. Framing's behind by a month. Move it forward. And that's it. Yep. Yep. And so what I, what I'm hopeful will happen is that people will be excited about it mm -hmm. and want more. Um, what I'm fearful will happen is that it might be at a pace that I can't keep up with and I will do everything I can to keep up with it. But I see this going hand in hand with my consulting services. So once the launch happens, all future consulting agreements will include the platform subscription yep. as part of my services um, that I will then manage for them but it will also have the ability for people to take it, subscribe, and do it on their own. Um, so there will probably be some training that needs to go in with that, like some project management training or software platform training or the swap process training and what this means moving forward. So I see this kind of morphing into consulting, software, education. Education, yeah. And if you can repeat, if you can... Um productize the education part of it you are doing you are i don't i don't think you're the what you're suggesting of doing is the perfect trifecta for a business selling a product selling a service and then commodifying the education behind it and being okay with like exposing yourself in that way that's that's i think a big complaint i, I still have to other architects a lot of them is like they're holding all this stuff close to their vest and it's like you're not even good at business in the first place why are you holding it close to your vest anyway? Yeah. You know, then that's the whole point of this show right here. And this, this episode even is like, no, no, we're going to talk about business openly. We're going to try to get better. Like, 
I'm with you. You can still do the super cool, trust me, you're sitting in an award-winning architect's firm. There's a cover of Builder Magazines right to the left of us here. Like, you can still do really cool stuff, but you don't have to suck at business. Right. Yeah, I, I see the consulting services continuing on, but mostly evolving just to those large, large campus-like projects where my expertise can really provide value as a third party, as a neutral third party facilitator. I see the software becoming a standalone mm -hmm. thing that begins to evolve and sell itself with, with a marketing team, of course. And then the education piece is really more sharing my knowledge with, with potential subscribers and people who want to learn more about the process. But I really hope that through my consulting services, I'm also educating so that when people use my services, they get a subscription, they want to maintain that subscription because they now know how to use the platform and how to do the, the scheduling, how to do the planning sessions and how everything coordinates together and that they can take it and feel empowered and led to do that on future projects. And so people say, oh, you're working yourself out of business and I'm like no I'm working myself into more business yes. by teaching people how to do it so that they can continue to subscribe use my platform and then I can go help another team and be freed up to help more and more teams. there's something goofy with society right now that is uh, this just mentality of scarcity and I just that's what they're expressing to you is like they think oh yeah you're talking no 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 that's not the way it works like Genesis 128 that's how it works be fruitful and multiply yeah Second to the last question is, uh, I ask everybody this, is knowing what you know now, and if you can go back in time when you first started this business, was one piece of advice you give your former self? And I know it's a tough one. <laughs> it's, it's tough because I did all of the analysis to even take the leap. Oh, oh you didn't get analysis paralysis though. No. Good. Obviously. No. Hacker, are you listening to this? <laughs> because honest, honestly, I may have. But my husband was super supportive cool. in all of this. And he was like, no, babe, you got to do it. You got to go for it. I was like, what's the worst going to happen? You're going to go back and practice architecture. Oh, no. I, oh, no. I'm a seasoned veteran architect. And what's I, the worst? Yeah. You're, you're still a licensed <laughs> architect. And you can go back and do what you were doing today yeah. if that happens. And so he really pushed me. But if I could go back and do anything different, I maybe would have jumped a little sooner. Oh, I love that answer so Maybe much. Maybe like a year sooner. I interview so many entrepreneurs in this show, and and that's one. If there's a through line that I hear over and over again, it doesn't matter whether they're real estate moguls, whatever they are, they're like sooner. If I just put it, sooner, more, faster, like yeah, it's hard to know that at the beginning. Right. Yeah. I said so. I would say sooner, and then the other thing I would say is. I maybe would have cast my marketing net a little wider initially because I didn't know what the response was going to be. And yeah. so I, I kept it to like a small circle. And I'm like, so if all of my projects continue like they have been and I get repeat work from those same clients, if I have 10 clients with multiple projects with each one, that's all I can handle by myself. And I'm not ready to bring other people into the fold yet. And um, so I was pretty tight about who I marketed to, but I wish I would have casted it wider because not all of those significant projects come along back to back to back mm. and they're fewer and far between. And so I am casting my net wider now, but I think to the, to the point where I'm going to have to bring somebody on to help me. Wow. That's awesome. 
Uh, Heather, you've been a fantastic guest. We will definitely have you back on once the software launches. Uh, I would love to, if we could get a demo of it, see how it works yeah, and absolutely. all that good stuff. It's very cool. This is very exciting. Uh, where can people find and follow you to keep up with everything you're doing, maybe get in touch with you, hire you, all that? Yeah, so Heather Bemis and Swap Integration on LinkedIn or www.swapintegration.com is a great place to find me. I'm actually going through an overhaul of my marketing materials right now. It should maybe be launched by the end of the year. Um, so that'll be nice and fresh and exciting, but there's a newsletter that can be found there and blog posts. So find me at swapintegration.com. Awesome, thanks for being a guest. Thanks Liz, appreciate it.